you've stumbled across the honest pod with Carrie Garcia where my hope is to create a safe space to share stories that foster healing hope and the honesty needed to live free and fully alive and now for this week's episode of the honest pod Well, welcome back to The Honest Pod. Guys, I am so excited to continue this week's conversation with Alex Galler. I I mean, I just kept asking him so many questions that I kept looking at the time going, we can't stop. There's just so much more good stuff. And this is such a conversation that I think is so needed in the church. I think it's so needed in our homes. I just think it's so needed for us personally, this idea of not only Sabbath, but sabbatical. I mean, how awesome was it to hear last week that this is in the Ten Commandments. Next to murder and monotheism, it is rest. So, and yet I just don't think that we we honor this as much as we should. So we're about to dive into the second part of sabbatical and Sabbath with Alex Galler and really understanding the heart behind it and really the, his full experience that it's not always so glamorous. It's not always you know, gonna be like this like fairy tale experience, but what it does is bring honest, true, like the state of your heart and where God wants to go and however he wants to do it. And there's some twists and turns that happened for Alex that was not expected. And yet what he learned was so valuable and he's going to share the rest of that with us. I hope you'd enjoy this part two with Alex Galler and his present. I hope that you guys pause what you just heard, rewind it and listen again. Because I'm over here like trying not to interrupt, but I'm like, oh, Jesus, this is like, this is, this is good, good stuff. It seems simple, but I think about how often we, we, we use food as a source to try to keep us going rather than as a source to nourish us, like, Mm -hmm. or a source to just like an overabundance of food to try to numb us rather than to bring us life and how we will opt out of sleep to get more work done and give ourselves a badge of honor that says, Oh, look at what a good worker I am. I don't need that much sleep. It's Mm -hmm. so, I just hope you just, y'all need to pause whatever you're doing right now. You need to pause this podcast and you need to rewind it. And you need to hear what Alex just said again, because I think y'all were just listening and you were like, you know, maybe you were fussing in your car or you were listening and you were doing the dishes and you need to hear what was just said, because I truly believe what you just said, Alex, if we were to engage those three concepts, food, rest, and presence. I I mean, honestly, Mm -hmm. I feel like the state of our body, the state of our mental health would drastically change. I just, Mm -hmm. I just believe it. So good. So, okay. So here you are two weeks in broom tree was awesome. You experienced this Mm -hmm. time away and now you're back in, take us, take us through the last, you know, the, the, the few weeks of what you kind of experienced and did, uh, for the rest of those weeks. 
Yeah. So after those two weeks, I feel like that was really when I started to kind of wake up and honestly to be more present. And I was very surprised um, by how long it took me emotionally after that point to really settle in. And one of the best pieces Mm. of advice that I got going into sabbatical was pay attention to your emotional state in those first few weeks. Mm. And so in like about week three, week four, um, one of the cool things that we were doing is we were preparing for our first family road trip out to Colorado, which was a blast. And my wife did an incredible job of like planning and preparing our family for that. Um, But during that entire process, I was really struck by how anxious I still felt and not because Mm. there was anything particularly um, anxiety producing, but I was just struck because I'm, I'm away from work. I don't have any demands on me. And yet there's still just this simmering kind of like stress and tension and really anxiety that still Mm. remained. And it was almost like under the surface as I'm getting ready to rest, my soul's going through this detox of trying to metabolize what does it look like to really, really just settle into this. And I think that's one of the most uncomfortable things of um, sabbatical and really the practice of Sabbath or any time of rest is it's only when you slow down that everything that you've emotionally been running from has an opportunity to catch up with you. And so when people start a practice of Sabbath or rest, they're really like a lot of people have a hard time because all of a sudden, you know, it's not the idyllic, like, peace and joy and like, uh, you know, rest I hope for. It's like, I'm all of a sudden, I'm really stressed out. And it's really hard to be here. And so I think that third week was about that moment for me where it was having to like, okay, this is happening. And it's not that there's any like problems to solve right now. This is definitely an internal thing for me, that I'm just gonna have to Mm. be journaling about be talking to people about one of the best decisions I made for sabbatical was to uh, get a Christian counselor that I was meeting with on a regular basis to kind of process what was going on in real time. And this was somebody that was this, it wasn't my wife. It wasn't somebody from our congregation. It wasn't even a mentor. um, But it was just this, this very, um, very specific relationship to be able to process things in real time, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, And so being able to process Mm. that with somebody and talk through that was really good. But then being able to have those two weeks um, where we were really like, okay, as a family, we're getting ready for this thing. We're doing this trip together. We went out to uh, Colorado and just had this incredible time. And one of the goals that we had uh, and desires as we went into sabbatical was to make these really great memories together. And so just to have Mm -hmm. the freedom to say yes to things and, you know, the church blessed us as we went on sabbatical so that we could do a trip like this. Um, so we were able to just like receive all of that goodness and be able to share all of that together. And it was, it was just an incredible time. And then when we got back, so this is about four weeks in now, when we got back from our trip before, when you got back, when did you, when did you start, when did you start feeling the anxiety? Like, start to metabolize work through and you started to find regulation was that throughout the whole trip you were experiencing that anxiety or did it start to metabolize because you were journaling and meeting with this counselor like how how long were you sitting with that right great question that was um really week three and uh, Mm -hmm. that was the kind of as things were starting to settle down. So when we went on our Colorado trip, I was, I felt like I was able to be fully present because I had taken the time to be like, okay, 
I'm not going to judge these emotions right now. I'm not going to try to condemn them or pretend like they're not happening. I'm going to, I'm going to own this and really like, okay, what is it that I'm anxious about? What is it that I'm afraid of? What is it that's going on inside of me? And it came down to, it was like, man, look, you just got to give yourself time to learn how to not be working anymore. Um, yeah. And so it was really at the end of that third week. And so going into our fourth week uh, okay. in Colorado was was able to be present because that stuff just wasn't there. Um, and it really so does. So you were just fully able to be. Yeah. So you were fully you were able to be fully embodied here. You because so, what I hear is integration, right? Like, yes, so our. Absolutely. You know, we, we learn about this in Freedom Academy, but we learn about how our brain begins to shut off when there's trauma or when we are overwhelmed. And so the brain, the left hemisphere begins to shut down and we kind of go into that right hemisphere where it's like task, job, do. And when we pause to rest, we actually turn back on that part of our brain. So as you guys are listening, this is what's happening in Alex's body. Alex has, he, he was overwhelmed, whether he, he wants mm-hmm. to admit it or not or whatever his body was overwhelmed so it goes into a survival mode so that that really creative part of your brain the emotional part of your brain uh, the the brain that is able to protect itself from trauma and being overwhelmed it shuts down and we go right into that right brain experience where it's function 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 what i want you guys to hear is it there and exactly what alex was saying there was nothing wrong with him There was nothing that was like he needed to be anxious about, but what was happening is his now, his body feels the freedom to allow his left brain to come back online and start Mm -hmm. to experience what he has been experiencing, but the body knew it wasn't safe to feel it. So he allowed that the body, know this is how smart our body is and God made our body that the nervous system was now, which is his parasympathetic nervous system. It's all the stuff we talk about Freedom Academy. So come on down. But that began to turn back on and that's really his brakes. So he was on gas, right? He's just go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. Now he pauses. It allows the brakes in his nervous system to come on and that brings what we call integration or homeostasis. So by, and I want you guys to hear this, that it took three weeks for his body. That's how over and overwhelmed his body was. And he's been doing Sabbath. So this is how much our world is at such a fast pace. Mm -hmm. And then he was able to be what we would call and what the Bible would call, you know, to be in our body. This is why Jesus spent so much time away from people and with God, because in order to be fully functioning and live a fully alive life, we want both the sides of our brains to be functioning and working. So I just wanted to pause because I want you guys to understand that the anxiety was not a bad thing. It was the natural process of allowing his brain, the the side of his brain that had been shut down to come back online and his body had to metabolize through the the trauma, the overwhelmed experiences that he had been holding on to for so, so long. And it took that mm-hmm. long for that to happen. And that's actually a good thing. Okay. 
I just needed to pause. I needed to explain what was going on there because our tendency with the word anxiousness is equated to something is bad and something is wrong. Sometimes that's true, but often it's because our bot, we are allowing our body to feel, and it's basically flushing all of that high intense anxiety, overwhelmed feeling through our bodies so that we can come to integration and homeostasis and peace. So that's what was happening. You experienced it. God created your body to do it. Here's four weeks in. Now we've got four more weeks. You're halfway through. Right. Yes. And I want to jump in here real quick because um, you mentioning the, like your bodies just need to metabolize all of the anxiety and everything that we've been experiencing context for our our sabbatical as a family was this came about 10 years after receiving a call into uh, pastoral ministry and so we'd done seminary we did part-time work we did six time six years of full-time pastoral ministry and then in the months leading up to my sabbatical we had this uh, capital campaign which anytime you do a capital campaign as a church is this really big all hands on deck kind of thing um ours was right. uh, uh, given in a, a shorter time frame than others And so it was a very intense season, even just coming into that. And so I think running at that pace, it's not like we were, um, oh, yeah, everything's good. We're living at this like really slow, manageable uh, type paces we're going through it. We had just come out of a really intense season as well. Um, So going into that time, it was definitely like, man, we've been, you know, nose to the grindstone, getting it done, doing what we got to do. And now here's Mm -hmm. finally an opportunity to kind of let all that stress metabolize. Uh, through our system. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. And then we, we so got to our, like you said, oh, go ahead. it took so long, right? That's probably why yeah. it took so long, like the three weeks, yeah. because you're not, you're not normally running at that pace. I mean, you work really hard. Correct. Obviously I work with you, but that was, that was like, you know, next level. I was there. I saw season. that and you managed Yeah, you managed a ton of that and kind of the communications and overseeing of all of that. And I think that is an important thing to to name because the sabbatical or the Sabbath that you keep every week helps keep you regulated. That does help keep you regulated. Mm -hmm. But this ramped up season required a lot of demand from your body. Right. And therefore, right. And therefore... Yep. required a lot, a longer time of flushing. And so because those practices were in place, yes, you, you are able to regulate on a weekly basis, but this was a different type. So I think, yes, I'm so glad you mentioned that because, you know, we, when we, when we run at a harder pace, how, how are you going to actually care for your body after that portion or season is done. You cannot just go back to life as usual. Your body, your body can't do it. As you see, our dear friend here, Alex went into a coma pretty much and then (laughs) was anxious for a week. So, you know, that's his body letting us know. So, so good. Gosh, so good. Okay. So yeah. So now we are into the, the second half of this time. Yes. And that's where our sabbatical took uh, a very unexpected turn. I'll say that is we came back from Colorado and I picked up a bug and I was sick for an entire week. And then my wife got sick for the entire next week. And all of our plans and what we wanted to accomplish was really disruptive. And it's like, all right, how do we care for the kids, care for each other and take the time that we need to care for ourselves. Uh, And then in the third week, we had a COVID exposure at a family event. And so then we were in quarantine for a week. And then it was our last week of sabbatical. Uh. And so those three weeks really just like 
it was kind of a wash in all honesty. And as I'm looking back on the time away, it's, you know, the more I go along, the more I'm convinced that God gave us two hands so that we can hold two things at the same time. And so there was a lot of joy that we had on this time in sabbatical and there was some disappointment and we can name that and we can be honest about that. That doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. it was, it was Mm -hmm. a waste. It just means that it was what it was. And so those three weeks really like, you know, praise God that we were able to, to be healthy and get healthy. And our last uh, week of sabbatical, we had another uh, family staycation where we just prioritized, you know, being able to hang out and check out cool stuff in our area um, living in the Northwest suburbs of Chicago and do some fun, special things that we don't normally get to do and take some time to just reflect on what the experience of the mm-hmm. past, uh, seven weeks had been. And so coming to the end of it, then it was like, okay, there, there were some really great things that we got to do. And, uh, we also had mm-hmm. to, had to, it and take care of what we needed to get to, which I think is kind of a grace because it's a reminder that there is so much that is in our control and there is a lot more that is not in our control. And to just be able oh, to good. have this experience with open hands and say, okay, here's the things that I wanted to happen out of this. Um, even things that I wanted out of my conversations with God and my time that I spent with him that just didn't happen. And to be okay mm. with that and to trust that, okay, God, this was not a surprise to you, but you also know what's on my heart. You know, my desires and, and the things that I was praying about and wanting to see happen during this trip, you still have my best in mind. And so what is that going to look like mm. on the other side of this time away? And that was a, a grace because, you know, relationships aren't built on vacations. They're built in the everyday stuff of life. And so if I was banking on, you know, really having this time with God on my sabbatical, what does that mean for how I want my days to look, how I want my weeks to look? How can I keep prioritizing that relationship when I go back because I want to go back differently. I don't want to jump back into the same pace. I don't want to jump back into the same rhythms unless they're healthy rhythms. What does this mean for how I show up post sabbatical? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about post sabbatical and your entry back into the world, into the world. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. And that's, that's really what it felt like. It was like, Hey guys, I've been living on a different planet for eight weeks and now I get to come back and see you guys and catch up on the news and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so my first week back, I made it a week of half days. Um, and, you know, in a church context, I came back on a Monday, which is when we do our team meetings and everything. And I want to do that strategically because I didn't want to jump in on a Sunday and immediately get all the stories and all the questions and all the things from all the people at the church. I wanted to jump in and, and hear from my leaders, hear from my team, be able to connect with my direct reports and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back for this week of half days and really just said like, okay, catch me up. You guys have been running um, while I've been out and it's my responsibility to, to figure out what's been going on and to really catch up with you guys. Mm-hmm. And so my first conversations back, they were really joy filled uh, with people. And they're like, oh, we're so good to see you. Here's all the cool things that have been happening. But I knew that it would need to be in smaller groups and one on one conversations that right. we started to get to more of the, okay, here's, here's, here's the hard stuff that's been happening over the past few weeks. Right. And I'm really glad that I did that and connected with my team first and not just with the, the church overall, just because it gave me some context for some of the things that I would hear coming back and some of the conversations that I would have coming back. Um, and really just like, okay, yeah, it's, it's, my team has really done a great job and really carried this thing forward. And I'm coming back in to see like, okay, 
how do we move forward together? Because they're different. I'm different. We're learning how to do a new rhythm together. One of the things that I was mm-hmm. really struck by uh, coming back was just this sense of syllabus shock is what I call it. Like if you've ever, you know, mm-hmm. had the experience of you get all of your your class assignments all at once at the beginning of the year. And it's like, oh, my gosh, how am I ever going to do all this stuff in the next the next few months? I knew that that was going to happen. And so I was aware of like, OK, yep, I'm going to feel overwhelmed for maybe a week or two as I'm trying to trying to get back up to speed. But then there was these like small things that I wasn't expecting that were difficult. Like I had headaches for the first week or two of being back. And I realized it was because it was the it was the longest I'd stared at a computer screen in eight weeks. And so it's these little things that you don't realize like, wow, okay, I didn't even realize that that would have been a change and that would impact me coming back. Um, But it's all those like Mm. little readjustments that you don't know until you get back into what your rhythms were and so it was it was it was another you know just like you had a transition season going in you're going to have a transition period getting back into the rhythms of your workplace um so there were definitely some adjustments and definitely some like all right i it is Mm -hmm. it is my responsibility to get up to speed and figure out how to navigate this moving forward Mm mm-hmm And what did it look like, you know, as we kind of like starting to wrap up here, what did it look like for you to, I think one of the biggest things when we were sitting and talking, I'm like, how are you going to keep that sense of kind of rest and peace? I know you already do Mm -hmm. Sabbath, but some of what you learned, like, how are you going to keep that and not just go back straight into the grind of, you know, go, go, go. And, and, you know, here you are apparently three months later, what, the actual heck, but yeah. Okay. And how are you going to, and have you been able to keep some sense of that rest, that, that third week, fourth week, you know, rest that you experienced, right. have you been able to kind of hold on to that? Yeah. And because we had strong rhythms of rest as a family going into it, we were mm-hmm. able to pick a lot of those back up. And uh, I can't say that much has changed in terms of, you know, what does, what are the rhythms of our life looking like now? But I can tell that I mm-hmm. am very different entering back into mm. the pace. And uh, I feel a lot more settled in kind of the time that I got to have to really like reestablish a sense of calling and vocation and direction as a pastor and as um someone who, who you know, I, I believe I have a vocation to teach and to share. And so to be more settled about that, mm-hmm. to feel like I get to show up as more of my true self and not the person that I feel like I have to be because of, you know, this wow. is what a spiritual formation pastor has to look like. Um, so I can tell that I'm different re-engaging in these spaces. And I'm also a little bit more aware of like, okay, here's here's a pace or here's a demand or here's something that would not be a healthy rhythm for me to adopt moving forward. And so I I have the agency mm. to make choices and to make decisions to continue to stay in this rhythm. And I found that um I found that being able to realize my own agency in that. When you're making those decisions, mm. yeah, there's going to be some people that are a little like, well, "Oh my gosh, what are you doing? Like this whole Sabbath thing. It's 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 there's work to do. Come on." But a lot more often I'm finding people that talk about like, oh my gosh, there's a sense of longing for this practice Mm. and this idea of rest. So it's not judgment. It's more of like, man, I wish I could do that. I I don't see how I can do that. And so really just 
I I would love to see more and more people and more and more of a culture in the church where we establish this sense of agency in our own spiritual lives and just to yeah. give freedom and permission to rest and model it well um, because there's something mm-hmm. deep inside of us that's longing for that, but too few people are kind of leading the charge and really sharing what that looks like. Yeah, and I, you know, here's the thing is, like, if if your pastor... And this is just my own two cents, you know, but if your pastor can't be gone once a year for four weeks or whatever, and, and I think it needs to, because what I hear you saying is it took, it took three weeks, you know, for your body really to just, so let's just say it's four weeks. Like if your pastor can't be gone for four weeks, once a year from your church, then your pastor has too much power in your church. Like he's, it's the, too much rides on him and it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd say that that's not that's not healthy for um, that person, and that's not healthy for the people who are looking up to and relying on that person. And I think that's one of the beauties of having Sabbath and sabbatical as like a policy, even in your church, is it it creates this environment in your team and in your congregation where you continue to pursue God when certain individuals aren't in the mix. And so it's no longer about a personality. Mm. It's no longer about one person being the carrier of a vision or the motivation behind something. It's really like, how do we do this as a gathered people, as a church, regardless of whether or not certain individuals are in the mix? Now, that's not to say that certain people don't bring a lot of gifting and a lot of strength and a lot of vision to what happens in a church. But it's to say like, man, as much as that's not healthy, like to put yourself in the shoes of the person leading and the person following. It's not healthy for a leader if they're the ones that have to bear the weight of the entire organization. And if they step out of the mix, the whole thing falls apart. And that's not healthy for people if you're just, you know, someone who's sitting in the seat, someone who's involved in the church, that if that leader steps away, you feel lost and you feel like you don't have a part or ownership in this anymore. So it's really, it's good for the people that get away and it's good for the people who stay while that person leaves. It's this practice of sabbatical is just, it unlocks a lot for teams, for congregations, as much as it does for people. Mm. You're really passionate about, you're really passionate about this, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> I've, I've seen yeah. the difference that it makes in my life and in other people's lives. And I just think it's such a, there's so much misunderstanding around it. There's so much of a desire for it, but not enough modeling and tools to how do we do this actually well. Right. And so because you've experienced so much in this, you've learned so much through this, and this is one of, I I believe this is truly one of your callings is to be able to offer this kind of, it's not even like this kind of space, but like almost like a rubric for people to, to help Mm. them be able to move into this space. You know, I, I don't see like, like you said, like you're, you're here, you're at a church, you're called to this church. It's not like you're called to start a place like Broomtree, at least not right now. But you, what, what began to stir in you was how do I, how do I help people start to engage this idea in a way that helps them feel like they've got, they can kind of grab their, put their hands around it, you know, really grab it. So you've written something, you've, you've offered something. And I want to hear a little bit about what you've written and, and really how the people that are listening here can get their hands on it. Yeah, absolutely. So I, coming out of my experience with sabbatical and like I said, going into it, trying to do the research to like, what are the best practices? How do I do this? And just not coming up with a lot of options. 
I decided on the other side of sabbatical to create the resource I wish I would have had going into it. And so yeah. uh, I put together something called the Ready to Rest Sabbatical Guide for Ministry Leaders. And it's specifically designed for pastors and ministry leaders in churches of how to prepare themselves and their congregations and their teams for their time away. But there's so much in it that's uh, helpful for anybody who's taking an extended time away mm -hmm. that has a role within an organization or even within your family. Um, so it's tips on how to prepare its best practices. It's a roadmap for the different phases of your sabbatical and a list of the best resources that I was able to find during the time that I was researching. And even an entire section about retreat opportunities for pastors, ministry leaders, or just people who love Jesus and need to get away for rest. I'm your everyday person. So as an everyday person, if I'm reading that, like, I'm going to be able to understand this, right? Like it, like it's written for the everyday person to be able to go, like you said, yes, I'm in ministry or maybe I'm not in ministry, but I know I need to take even a few weeks off that, I, yeah, I take vacation every year, but maybe I need this vacation to be a little more intentional. Maybe I need yeah. to be a little bit more in touch with where I'm going. And will this, is this a guy, is this my guide? Yes, because it talks about like, okay, what is Sabbath in the first place? Where does this idea of sabbatical have any like biblical or theological support? But then some really like tactical things of what does it look like to go through your daily, weekly, monthly responsibilities and then empower people to do those things while you're away? How do you work through your own expectations for the time that you're gone? How do you communicate with your teams? What does it look like to establish like, okay, here's our emergency contact situations and all of that. It's really for anybody who's taking an extended time away, you're going to learn something from this mm. resource. It's going to be specifically applicable if you're a pastor or a ministry leader, just because that's the experience that I get to speak uniquely to. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, how do we get it? What is it? I like, you said it was a PDF. So tell us a little bit more and then where we can yeah, get so it. Yeah. So it's a, it's a free PDF download that you can get by visiting alexgowler.com slash rest. And it's, give us your email address and we'll send you a copy of the resource. So it's free to you and hopefully is going to help you prepare for an incredible time away uh, with God, with your family, and just enjoying uh, the opportunity to be away to rest. So alexgaller.com backslash rest and it's free. I didn't know it was free. Right. Yes, <laughs> totally free. Wow. That's a gift, Alex. You know me. I'm always like, hey, you know what? It's $5. Like I'm, try <laughs> I'm trying to stack that cheddar right now. Um, but that is such a gift that you're giving this away for free. So really, friends, you don't have any excuse to to not just go and get it and check it out and see if it's something that like could help you or offer it to your pastor, you know, go get it, download it and send it to your pastor, send it to, you, you, you know, your ministry workers, the people that are, that are helping create the space every Sunday morning and throughout the week for you to be able to come and worship. Um, I think that things change when the congregation begins to say, Hey, we want more for our pastor. We want more for our mm. leader. We want them to have this place of rest. Oftentimes pastors are not going to say that on behalf of themselves because yeah, it looks in their mind selfish or it looks like they don't want to work or how are they going to be perceived or whatever. But when congregation members come up and say, Hey, what are our policies here at our church for our pastor to take a break? 
like to have a Sabbath or to have sabbatical? What are our policies here? And do we have policies around that? And if we don't, can we begin to to discuss that? That's the beauty of a church. It's not a dictatorship. You know, like we are Mm -hmm. in this together and you get to speak on behalf of this. And, you know, after, you know, we're, we're broke this into two sessions or to two into two podcasts, but you've been hearing over the past two weeks, like what it means, how it's affected Alex as a pastor, how it's good for a congregation, how it's going to be good for you. And I believe that as congregation members and as the body of Christ, we have to rally on behalf of our leaders. We have to mm-hmm. say what is needed. And if we don't feel that we can say that on behalf of our leaders, I'm going to ask you a really tough question. Are you in a church that's honoring God or is it platforming leaders? Is it making mm. it a place where we look to leaders as our source of, as our full source rather than God? And even furthermore, and I will end with this, but for your own life, if you can't get away with God for a few hours and source of your fulfillment is on a Sunday morning, I'm going to ask you, what are you running from? What are you Mm. not wanting to sit in? What are you not wanting to name? God is not going to name things for you or bring stuff up for you for your own condemnation or to, to, you know, annihilate you. It is for your freedom. And Alex, just as we end this, I would love to hear your, a pastor is sitting listening to this, a ministry worker is sitting listening to this, and they're like kind of teetering on the fence of like, I just... I just don't know if I can go and say anything. What would, what would be some words of encouragement you would want to give to them right now? Yeah. And just to say, first and foremost, nobody knows the stresses of ministry better than fellow ministers. And so just to say, mm. first and foremost, like you have done good, hard work over the time that you've been Mm. in ministry and whether someone has told you that Mm. lately or whether you, you feel like that, I think often we're, we desire so much for the people that we lead. We know that there's so much more that God has to offer them that we often sense this, this lack or this desire to do more, this desire to see things happen faster. Um, But you've been doing good work and good work deserves Mm. to be honored with good rest. And that might feel uh, counterintuitive because there, again, there's so much more that you want for your congregation, but you will actually be able to give them more as you take this time away to rest. And we don't rest because it's a way that we can give more. We rest because God is good and he's offering us a gift. Mm. And you may be in the place where mm. you need to advocate for yourself for that. And just to tell you, there are resources out there and there are people in your congregation, people on your boards who love you, who care about you. And because this is such a countercultural thing, they just need a voice to start the conversation. It may feel like you're fighting an uphill battle, but as long as you start the conversation and say, hey, I want to take this time away to be refreshed, to spend time with God, because I think I'm actually going to be a better pastor, a better leader, a better minister on the front side. I can't guarantee how that conversation is going to go, but it's at least worth starting because you're worth being cared for in that way. Yeah. Gosh, that's so good. And here's the beauty. You have the 10 commandments to back you up. (laughs) You can't get much better than that. I mean, that's right. It's like the 10 commandments in the sermon on the Mount, right? (laughs) 
Right, right, right. So as you know, I'm doing all that I need to do, but I'm really not doing this one thing. Gosh, that's such a good word. What you just said, you're doing, you've done really good work and it is okay to advocate for what God has actually told you to do. And that, that is beautiful. Alex, I deeply love you. You are one of my dears. I just, you're just one of the kindred. I'm so thankful for you in my life. Yes. It has been a joy to write together, create together, to lament together, to rejoice together. Yeah. I, you and your wife are such, they're just dear ones to me. And I just appreciate you coming on and sharing the ups, the downs, the hard, the pivots, the, yeah, that really stunk part of it. And yet the beauty <laughs> of all of it was God knows exactly, he just knows you and he knows your wiring. And he knows how much you put structure to something. And then, you know, he messed with it a little bit and he was Love still it. good and you still saw goodness in all of it. So thank you for sharing yep. your wisdom with us. Again, guys, that's alexgaller.com backslash rest. And I'm we'll put it in the show notes. Um, go get that. Take a listen to it. And if you can, like Alex said, start with a couple hours. Just start with a couple hours this week and mm -hmm. spend some time with the Lord. Alex. We love you. Thanks for being on the Honest Pod. The Mighty Eleven are now big fans, and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll hope to have you on again soon. I right, love you, Carrie. This has been a great, great time. We are so thankful for the talented Tanya Godsey offering her amazing music with us. You can find Tanya on Spotify and other streaming platforms. And hey, we would love to answer any questions you may have for us right here on the show. So you can send us those questions to hello at thehonestpodcast.com. And as always, thank you for letting us share about the not so easy stories that make us and entering into the honesty and courage it takes to love who you were created to be. So until the next time, friends, may God's love and kindness be an offering to your heart, both now and always. Oh.